0: Praise God, praise God. Well, if you have your Bibles, your devices, or your glasses, if you need glasses like you do, read up on the screen there. We want to go for a few verses, bear with me here on Numbers, the 17th chapter, verses 1 through 10, and then you can be seated, okay? Well, I'm glad... I've got something to share on my heart that the Lord has dealt with me. And it's it, it, it's not funny, ha-ha funny. It's just strange that what God gives you, um a- actually you need it personally. Huh. Weird, but it's that way. My wife says, "Raj, don't preach on faith, please." <laughs> Good God. Numbers 17, verses 1 through 10. And the Lord spake to Moses, saying, Speaking to the children of Israel, take of every one of them a rod, according to the house of their fathers, of all their princesses, according to the house of their fathers, twelve rods. Write thou every man's name upon his rod. Thou shalt write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi. For one rod shall be for the head of the house of their fathers. Thou shalt lay them up in the tabernacle of the congregation before the testimony where I will meet with you. Aren't you glad God meets with us? It shall come to pass that the man's rod whom I shall choose shall blossom and I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel whereby they murmur against you. Moses spake to the children of Israel, and every one of their princes gave him a rod, a piece, for each prince one according to their father's houses, even twelve rods. The rod of Aaron was among their rods. Moses laid up on the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of the witness. And it came to pass that on the morrow, Moses went into the tabernacle of witness, and behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded, and brought forth buds, and bloomed blossoms, and yielded almonds. (laughs) What a great God, amen? Moses brought out all the rods from before the Lord unto all the children of Israel, and they looked and took every man his rod. Lord said unto Moses, Bring Aaron's rod again before the testimony to be kept for a token against the rebels, and that thou shalt quite take away their murmurings from me that they die not. Praise God. I want to try to preach for a few minutes to you concerning God works the night shift. He works the night shift. Lord bless you. you. May be seated. You've already told me you've had requests that you always make known to God. Um, I don't think we ever get out of that. We never grow to a certain point in God that we don't need him. The wise person says, I need you, Lord, every day. There is nobody, I mean nobody, that has grown in spirituality so much that he don't need it. I think there was a guy named Enoch in the Bible in Genesis and God just took him up. There are holy men of old. There are prophets. and uh, But I don't think there's anybody here nowadays that's so good and righteous. They're not in the Vatican either. God help us because our leadership throughout the world is just horrible. And I know that he sees that. How many believe God sees that? <clears throat> and sometimes through the night is the hardest time. What do you mean, Raj? I, I mean it's hard to get to sleep when you worry. Come on, I'm not the Lone Ranger today. Hard to get to sleep. Some of us work always through the night. And that's their job. How many ever worked a night shift? You all know what that is. Third, third shift. We had a brother in the church in Georgia. They worked for Owens Illinois, and they made uh, uh, they made they made plastic. I think some kind of a paper mill. They ground up all the paper, all the pine trees, and they worked a swing shift. One week it was the first shift. One week second shift. One week's the third shift. How in the world can you get used to that? And then when we'd have Sunday, and Brother Chadwick would work the third shift, he would come and sit. <laughs> he'd come and sit in the church in the service, and there'd be teaching or preaching or whatever. And the, Brother Chadwick had one eye; he had a false eye. So you would look at him, and you would think he only has one eye closed. <laughs> he worked the third shift, and he'd be sleeping like this. Strange. I don't think I would choose to do that. And I asked him, I said, what's wrong with you people? How can you establish your, your, your health system going in and you're always, you know, you don't know when to sleep? He said, you know, we took a vote on it and the guys still like this shift, so they did it. Okay, not a problem. Third shift. I remember working the third shift for Big Bear. I mean, he's from Ohio and know what that grocery store is. No, one, two, can I hear three? Give me three. <laughs> Third shift, Big Bear is a night stocking crew. So out of high school, I thought, well, I'll try that out. You get extra money because you're working and uh, everybody else is sleeping. But um, it, I even have scars on my body from working the night shift. How did you do that? Well, it was all the way into the morning. We got off at like 7.30, and at 7 o'clock, I was putting up the last box of Tide. And back then, in those days, you had a click stamp, which had ink on it, and you had to adjust the pricing. And you had to ink it, make sure, and then you had to click it. And then you put it on. Worst thing to price is baby food, little jars. Anyway. I cut the box with the Tide. It doesn't come this way now, but you flip it over on the side, and you make an X with your razor knife, and I just put in a brand-new blade. And you make an X, except I had my hand like this, and I went right across my finger and my thumb. I have scars from the third shift. Live. That's why when I put this together, I said, Yes, Lord, I know what you mean. I got off in 30 minutes, but I cut my fingers up, so I had to go sit in the emergency room for another few hours before I got to sleep, bad. Anyway, third shift, we know what that's like. I think the man named Thomas Edison had a lot to do with that. With his invention in uh, 1879 of the light bulb, he made it such a way that we could see at night as we could through the day, so it made it easier to perform tasks without the candlelight made it easier that way. So then you kind of create, the business starts booming again and the industrial age opens up and now you can have third shift and all kinds of shifts all because somebody made this crazy light bulb that you flick a switch and look, the room lights up. Now you can get to work. (laughs) God's made us to make sure that we have our sleep. How many believe that? You've got to have the proper sleep in order for your body to recover all of that. If you go with me to Psalms, the 30th Psalm, I'm going to go quickly, I think, today. God works the night shift. You see that picture up there where that guy's punching the clock? God don't punch in. He's always on the job, amen? How many believe that with me? But let the devil tell you that he's not. The devil will tell you that he's gone, the devil will tell you that that the, the things of God and the kingdom of God isn't worth it, and yet it is. The devil will, will tell you, see, it's not happening the way you think it's supposed to happen. Of course it doesn't happen that way. It happens how God wants it to happen. Amen? And we mess it up because we want it now, and it doesn't happen now. It happens when God on God's time. So this picture is great because it shows that people will clock in for the third shift. But God doesn't have to. Verse 1 of the 30th Psalm. I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up. How many are with me here? He's not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. How many ever cried to the Lord? How many's ever cried in the middle of the night to the Lord when you don't know what else to do, you don't know who else to call, thank God I've got a God that's on the night shift. Thank God I've got a God that can be touched with our infirmaries. Thank God I've got a God that will answer us. Ah. Verse 3, O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Oh, thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. I believe God's kept us alive so that you can come into the house of God. I believe God has kept us another week so that I can make it to the house of God. Why? Because I desire the things of God. I've got a word from the Lord. And God's going to keep me until I get there and deliver it. Amen. Amen. It's the same if you want something from God. It's the same if you have the desire for God. He will keep you through the night. He will keep you from all enemies. He will keep you because he's got something for you today. Verse 4, sing unto the Lord. Oh, oh ye saints of his... Give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Don't you just love singing to the Lord? I love our worship service. I love the songs that we pick out. I love the times. that It doesn't matter what or when. It's the worship of God from your heart. Sing unto the Lord. Verse 5, for his anger endureth but for a moment. I believe God's angry at this world, not at us, you have sin in your life, that might be an issue, for his anger endureth but for a moment, his favor is life, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. The nights may be a little rough, but you know what? I've got a hand to hold on to, and I've got something to look forward to when the alarm goes off. It's called joy. Why? Because it's another day that you've made, Lord. It's another day that I get to sing songs to you. It's another day that I get to worship and I praise you. It's another day that no matter where I'm at, I can walk in you. That no matter where I'm at, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid by the by the arrows. I'm not afraid by the spears. I'm not afraid by what the enemy has because I've got a grip on you and I've got joy in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, anger may be through the night. Yeah, it just may be a little rough in the middle of the night, but I've got some joy in the morning to look forward to. And it's not in a bowl of oatmeal. It's in God. You'll learn. Yeah. You'll learn there's nothing like your prayer chair. You'll learn the alarm goes off and, yeah, man, come on, I need to get up. It's a pleasure to get up and say, Lord, I'm right here again. That's all I got to start out with. Let's go to Psalms again, Psalms 92, 1 and 2 says this. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. Can you say amen to that? And to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. It's a good thing to sing unto the Lord. If you don't know the words, you can hum it. But it comes from your heart. To show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. I want to show forth my loving kindness in the morning to God because I know that he's faithful in my house I know that he's faithful in my life through the night. I know that no matter what comes my way, God somehow is working on it. I can't explain it all the time. I just got faith enough to know, Lord, you told me that if I come to you, that if I seek your face, that if I turn from my wicked ways, that you will hear from us and he will hear our land. Thy faithfulness every night. You know, when we sing, it's not just for entertainment. Follow me here. It's not just for entertainment when we come and sing and we play and we have these musicians and everybody. It's just not to sit and to watch and say, okay, sing a good song. Somebody's off key or this wrong, or it's not for our entertainment. It's different in here. It's different when you get in the presence of God. Oh, because it is here in our singing where we actively participate in the song. Did you hear me? We actively participate in the song because we've lived what we're singing. Why? we've experienced what His grace is all about, what His mercy is all about, what His love every day is all about. This is why we live the song that we're singing. How many are with me like that? How many understand what I mean? We live the song that we sing. That's why it's a precious thing to sing unto God. That's why it's a precious thing to assure you and build up your faith and say God's got a hold of this thing and you don't need to worry about it. All you need to do is put it to bed to give it to God and you can rest and sleep and know that he's going to take care of whatever the situation is. I have that last song. Here in my notes, I don't know who thought that song up, but you stole it. (laughs) The goodness of God. We live the song, don't we? We don't need the music that's singing. I love you, Lord. For your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hand. From the moment that I wake up till I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness. Let's sing the second verse. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire. Listen, this line in darkest nights. You are close. Yes, you are, Lord. Know you as a father. I know you as a friend. And I have. In the goodness of God, sing the chorus. All my life you have been faithful, amen. All my life you have been so, so good. goodness. Ain't no devil in hell can take that from you. Ain't no worries in life that can squash that from your living. There's no evil thought that can rob you of what you're thinking and worshiping God about. Why? Because I live his praises. I love to sing the songs of Zion. I love to hear the psalmist cry. Yeah. Not just part of my life, all my life. What's so special is his hand has been upon you when you know God at all. Because he's brought you all the way here. And he's kept you alive. Ooh. He's an awesome God. What does that have to do with the third shift? Well, sometimes you sleep better when you pray, sing a song before you go to sleep. How many done that? I have a better day at work. I, I, I'm kind of tagged as a crazy man at work. I'm always singing or whistling a song. Always got to have a song of praise in your heart. It makes the day better, doesn't it? It makes the the bad meeting with the boss getting yelled at, it, it makes that a little better. It makes some of the things that, that come our way and uh, have an issue with and the hurts of life and the, 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 uh, the catastrophic news and all that kind of, it makes it a whole lot better when you still learn and know that he's for us, who can be against us. And that no matter where, where I'm at or what condition or what hallway I'm walking down, even sitting in my desk, those guys I work with know when they come in the parts room and they want to order a part or something, I've got the Pandora box going with the music of Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. It's low. It's in the background. But you know what? It makes a whole lot of things a lot better. It really does. You should try that. Whatever you can. Sometimes people walk around with these earbuds going on, which is a great thing. It may not be good for your hearing if you keep them on too much. But you got to have the worship going into the brain. This world is so full of of garbage that it will hurt you. Uh, Yeah, it will. It will change your attitude and change your character because you listen to the negative all the time. I don't know if that's what it's designed to do, but somehow it does. And what happens is it instills fear in your heart. And then your trust and faith in God seems to kind of shrink down a little bit. And then you really worry. And then you really try to go to sleep at night. And then you really try to have a good night's sleep. So now you mask it all up with some pills or drugs or something or time for, uh, uh, what's it called, relief relief. Sleep, relief, sleep with Mike Huckabee and his wife. You know, you should take this sleep thing and help. They sell a lot of heads up, which is okay. Relief factor with sleep, you know, because people are worried to death. But we don't have to feel that way, do we? That's what I'm preaching on today. Let's go to Psalms again. Psalms 121. This is probably one of my favorite Psalms. This was Ronald Reagan's favorite psalm. Here's your history for the day. Other than Edison's light bulb. Verse 1 of Psalms 121. This was one of the ascension psalms. There's five ascension psalms in the and the, the Jewish people when they would when they would move, when they would go and travel up to the Temple Mount, they sang these songs. Verse 1 says, I will lift up mine eyes into the hills. Now, back then, the hills were full of, of uh, altars to Baal. They were full of idol worshiping. And they said, I'll lift up my hand, <clears throat> my eyes into the hills. But then there's a question, from whence cometh my help? Am I looking at all of these idol worship places and these altars to Baal and all that stuff that was pretty easily to be seen while I'm going up to the temple of God? From whence cometh my help? Here's the answer, verse two. My help comes from the Lord which made heaven and earth. I don't need their idols. I don't need their ways. I don't need their situations or their explanations or their how to books on what to do here. I know my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth, who breathed into me the breath of my life, who made me get, the, who, who helped me get through all kinds of things and situations. That's where I know my help comes from. Verse 3, he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. Oh, man, I can preach on this one. When you choose to do something for God and you plant your foot down, he says that he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. That means when you're making your ascension and you're climbing the hills and going up the steps and going up to worship in the temple, you're not going to slip. You're not going to damage yourself. You're not going to fall. You're not going to do that. You're going to have sure footing. Listen, when you choose to do something for God, God will make sure that wherever you walk and whatever you do, it's not going to slip or slide or be moved by anything else. You let the devil try to move my foot and my friend, it's not going to happen because my mind's made up, my foot's on the rock and I'm going to sing praises every day to him. All you got to do is have the desire and make your mind up and believe his word. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. You know God keeps you. And he never goes to sleep. That's what has to do with the night shift. My first week there, I remember trying to curl up on a pallet, catch a few zings, you know, z's at the lunch hour, laying on a piece of cardboard box, trying to at least make it through the night. They always gave the new guys the hardest rows to stack stuff in the grocery store. It was a good work. It was a good thing. God doesn't sleep, does he? Verse 4 Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. You believe he keeps you? I believe he does. Come on, Rods, you're not with me this week. You don't know what happened to me. Yes, I do. God may know all the details, but I know this, that no matter what comes your way, he's going to keep you. No matter what comes my my way, he's going to make sure that I can get rest at night. Verse 5, the Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul all the way down to my soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Why? Because I made a choice to do something for God. And I know he's for me. Job 23, 8 through 10. Behold, Job, we we know Job was in a predicament. We know Job, things were happening to him. He didn't understand it all. We know Job had a lot of questions, but he said this in the 23rd chapter, verse 8. Behold, I go forward. I'm trying to find you, Lord, but you're not there. And I go backward, and I cannot perceive thee. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right that I cannot see him. Verse 10 is what we want. But he knoweth the way that I take. How many believe that? How many know that God knows the way that you take? And if you choose him and take the good choice all the time, if you choose him and and put the word into your heart... And you'll choose that. He will know the way that you take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So when you have issues, when you have questions, there's some few things that you just need to do with them. And I'm glad I've got an altar, don't you? Musicians, if you come. Immediately after Korah's rebellion in Numbers, the 16th chapter, and God handled it, swallowed him up. It's not just Korah and the other guys that were rebelling against Moses and Aaron and their leadership. It didn't just swallow them up. It swallowed up their homes, their children, everything. God hates rebellion. If you don't have faith in God and you think that you can do a better job, you know, I don't know. I just want to be on God's side. I just want to. I just want to move the ball down the field in the kingdom of God every day, Amen. So they had to uh, choose, and it, uh, with Moses and Aaron, it became necessary to indicate God's divine choice of the priesthood. This is where this all started from, in Numbers 17. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses. He said, gather all the, uh, the, the, uh, the families, the, uh, one of every uh, tribe, and uh, get their rod. Now, the rod was something that was used uh, as a shepherd. The shepherd had a staff, a long staff, and a short one, which was a rod, usually kept in his belt. Have you heard, spare the rod, spoil the child type thing? It was used for correction, it was used for counting, it was used for a lot of things. It's kind of like the word of God that applies to us because each one of us have a rod and a staff. So here in Numbers 17, we read that. They gathered them all up and uh, the rod from the tribe of Levi was Aaron's. They wrote their names on them all. And they laid him up in the tabernacle of the congregation before the testimony of God. You have to have an altar. You know where they put these by the ark. You know where they put these right there where God. He said, "I will meet you between the cherubs on the mercy seat." Why are you saying this for Raj? Here's the thing: if you believe in God, if you believe God can help you with your situation, it doesn't matter what it is. You have to place it on his altar. You have to place it and give it to God. What our problem is, is we hold on to it and we nurse it and it causes us a lot of pain, causes us a lot of stress and struggle and we got to give it all to God. Come on, Roger, it's easier said than done. I understand all of that. But you know what? God's going to honor it. Why? We read about how much we praise him for the things that he does. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He's always punched in on the time clock. He's always here for you. He's always there to guide you. He's always there to help you out. Lay them before the tabernacle and the congregation where I will meet you, and it shall come to pass, he said. The Lord said that when the when you find the one that's been budded, blossomed, and all of that, <clears throat> that's the person that I'm choosing to be in the priesthood. I've got to have a place to deposit my prayer request. Don't you? I've got to have my own altar. You've got to do that. But you know what? What comes to, to mind is, especially when we gather together to worship God, this is why we need to gather ourselves together in the church. Because we worship him together. I need to hear your song. I need to hear your singing. I need to worship you right alongside. I need your hand to touch me when I pray. I need to have your arm around me and say, Raj, it's going to be all right. I don't need to know everything you're going through, but you know what? It's a place where I can deposit all of my requests. Psalm 23 says that the Lord, because David said the Lord is my shepherd, we know that psalm pretty well. But verse 4 says, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So all the things that you have, it's an important part of the household. It's an important part of the work. It's an important part of your character. The rod and the staff has to be put in a place where God can use it. Verse 8, it came to pass on that morrow that Moses went into the tabernacle of witness. Behold, the rod of Aaron, the house of Levi was budded, brought forth buds, bloomed blossoms, and yielded almonds. This happened overnight. Do you know how long it takes an almond tree to do all of that work? We're talking at least a year. But God made sure that it did it right then. <clears throat> that happened overnight because God works the night shift. This is what it came from. A dead almond branch that was used as a rod. A dead almond. Who knows how long it's been dead. There's no life in it at all. But look how you and I were before we came to God. Look how dead we were before God touched our lives. Look how dead things happened in our life and we thought we were living and yet we weren't. We're going the wrong direction. I'm glad God called me, amen. I'm glad somebody invited me to church. I'm glad I was wise enough to come to an altar and say, Lord, I choose you because I need you every night. I need you through the middle of the night, and I need you to straighten my life out, and he did it. Amen? How many are with me on that? Ephesians, the uh, second chapter, verses one through six. And you, you can stand with me if you can. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. How many are with me there? Where in times past, we walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also were all our had our conversations in times past, and the lust of the flesh. That's all the guys talked about and all the construction sites, that's all they talked about. They didn't talk about anything holy, anything goodly, anything spiritual was all about the fulfilling the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others we were just like those people out there but we needed something in our lives thank God he showed up thank God he knocked on my heart's door thank God I raised my hands and said Lord I choose you thank God you put your rod and brought it to a place and said Lord It's what's needed today. Verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you're saved, hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Yeah, God performed this miracle overnight from a dead almond rod. He performed all six of the plant growth stages all at once. All six of them. What are those stages? The sprouting, the seeding, the vegetative, the budding, the flowers, and the ripening when they show forth fruit. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Did I say that He did this without any water? No water at all. Moses brought all the rods from before the Lord unto the children of Israel, and they looked and took every man his rod. The Lord said unto Moses, Bring Aaron's rod again before the testimony, be kept for a token against the rebels, and thou shalt quite take away the murmurings from me that they die not. From something dead something presented to God I don't know how you're going to do it Lord it doesn't seem like it's going to work out at all here's my needs here's what I have you know me better than anybody else You see me. You know the steps that I take. I've chosen you for years, and now I know that my foot's not going to be shaken or moved because of anything, any situation, but I'm here, Lord, in your presence. I'm here, Lord, in this night. I need to get to sleep. I don't want to worry about all of this stuff. Here's my dead almond rod that I know that you can make blossom and bloom because you're a great God. going to open these altars up. If you need something, if you need rest at night, if something's keeping you up, God's here right now to meet your need in this place. Whatever it is, you can place it on Him. Because the scripture said, He is able to do exceeding abundant above all that we can ever ask or think. You need the Lord, come on from. Come on down front. Here's an altar. Here's a place to put the rod. Here's a place to put your trust. Lord, I, I know that I've given it to you before. Nothing's happened yet, but you know what? Keep knocking on the door. Keep asking Him because why? He works the night shift and He's working all.